This message was presented at the GYC 2016 conference, When All Has Been Heard, in Houston, Texas. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. I would like to start uh, sharing with you the inner logic of Islam. You know, every religion has an inner logic, meaning the religion tries to solve some problems, right? So what is the inner logic as far as Islam is concerned? So first of all, you have to uh, divide Islam into two episodes. First of all, the one uh, that characterizes the beginning of Islam was in Mecca. Hmm? That date was very, uh, well, in Mecca, Islam started there, basically, in Saudi Arabia. But then in 722, something happened. The Prophet Muhammad migrated to Medina. Then you have another kind of Islam. Why? Because in Mecca, he was like a reformer. He insisted on the need for social justice. Right? Because there was disparity. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 622. Uh, what did I say? Yeah, it's a mistake here. Six, 622, sorry. Because he... Uh, no. <laughs> yes, this is... Uh, Yes, it is absolutely correct. This is not right. Uh, it, um, he migrated to Medina, right? And there you have basically a new branch of Islam. Okay? What happened is the following. In Mecca, Muhammad initiated a what? Religious movement that changed the face of the 7th century Arabia and the world. Initially, he was a warner, a reminder, a religious reformer. He was in the minority. He was persecuted. He was a sufferer because he was persecuted, right? So this was the first part when Muhammad was in Mecca. His message was directed against the idolaters of Mecca. He preached monadic monotheism, social ethics, accountability, impending judgment, by the way, to be carried out in the last days of life on earth, culminating in the re reward of the righteous, the paradise, and the damnation of unbelievers, the associators, and the idolaters. That was, in essence, what he was preaching while he was in Mecca. Interestingly, also in Mecca, as long as his wife, Khadija, lived, he was the husband of one wife. But then, something happened in 622. He moved to Medina. And the face of Islam changed at that time. He became part of the majority. He built a state religion, later to become an empire and a succession of dynasties. In Medina, 
Muhammad became a, a, a political leader, a legislator, a warrior, and a military general. He waged wars against his opponents, and he became a conqueror. Now, this really shows two faces of Islam. Right? On the one hand, Mecca, where he was a warner, you know, he preached monadic monotheism, social justice, invite people to care for the poor. He wanted to reduce social disparities, no problem. But then, oh, during that time, by the way, he did not criticize Christians or Jews. As a matter of fact, the first migration of Muslims occurred while Muhammad was in Mecca. In 610, the first migration, they went to Abyssinia. Interestingly, the Negus, the king there, was a Christian. So they welcome these Muslim migrants. But when Muhammad migrated himself to Medina and became part of the majority, the Jews refused to accept his message. Actually, Christians also. And then the discourse started to change. It is interesting to know that he addressed his diatribes against Jews and Christians, all the while, though, he makes a difference between them. There is a verse in the Quran that says, from those two who call themselves Christians, we did make a covenant. But they forgot a good part of the message that we have sent them, so we estrange them with enmity and hatred between one another to the day of judgment. So, what do we have also that I think is um, of notice? Jesus, for Christians, is the reference for living, thinking, doing, behaving, relating to God and to others. For Christians, Jesus is. But he is not so for Muslims. To the Prophet Muhammad, he is ascribed such a role. And I think there is really the big difference. Islam can be, and I, I have um, summarized it this way so that we may understand the difference between Christianity and Islam in that sense. And then we will, I'll talk about more practical things on how to approach Muslims. Christianity, uh, Islam is like a brotherhood. Yes, it is a brotherhood but without the revelation of the Heavenly Father. The word God as Father, I mean, the, the, the concept of God being a Father is unacceptable to Muslims. And by the way, if as a Christian you want to witness to Muslim and you start with the idea that God is our Heavenly Father, you will immediately create a barrier. Why is that so? There are some reasons for that. This is because when Muhammad actually conquered, finally, Mecca, 
there was a shrine there that is called the Kaaba. And in the Kaaba, the Arabs used to worship idols. And those idols were called the daughters of Allah. So Muslims associate idolatry with the idea of, calling, of, of thinking that God can have children. So when you say, oh, uh, uh, God is my father, they will think, oh, that's shirk, that's idolatry, that's terrible. Because it is associated to that story. Islam is also a religion of peace. That is the meaning of the word Islam, from salam, peace. However, without the ministry of the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Islam is also a spiritual path, but a spiritual path without the knowledge of the fruit and the gifts and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It is a different trajectory, in other words. All these words, even reality in Christianity, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, Muslims have a different understanding. So you ought to understand and explain in a way that Muslims can understand this. And we will, we will come back to that. Islam is like a guidance. And actually, uh, the, the, the second uh, chapter of the Quran very clearly calls the Quran a guidance. This is the book, a guidance for the faithful or those who fear God. So clearly, the whole book of the Quran is seen as the guidance. Now, for you to sense what is going on here, you know, people usually compare Jesus and Muhammad, but that's not the most accurate comparison. You know, you would compare rather Jesus and the Quran. Because the Quran is seen as a guidance. And Jesus clearly says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the guidance, so to speak, as far as Christianity is concerned. Not just a book, a person in that sense. Now, then, uh, the, the Islam commemorates sacrifice. Think about it. Every year, millions of sheep and so forth sacrifice around the world. But this sacrifice has nothing to do with atonement. The sacrifice of Jesus. So you can see we are really on two different worlds, in other words. Even when people say, oh yeah, we have so much in common, certainly. However, people ought to very clearly right, uh, explain what do they mean. Islam is a hope of paradise, yes. The word paradise is in the Quran so many times. However, there is no such thing as the assurance of salvation. The promise of God the one who accepts Jesus is saved is not in those terms that you find in the Muslim faith. Also, this is something many people do not know, but Islam is like a prehistorical pact. You know, the Quran talks about that before God created 
human beings, he spoke with the so-called souls and make a covenant with human beings who was, who was supposed to come. Now, this is like a very strange belief, I know, but it is there that God made a covenant with people that they committed to submit themselves, actually, and follow God's way. Another thing is that Islam is, an, is, is a faith entirely based on the word of God that claimed to surpass all previous revelation without taking into consideration Jesus Christ. In other words, for you to really measure what uh, Muslims believe that they have the best book, the Quran. They have the greatest religion. The greatest religion being Islam. And they have the greatest prophet, Muhammad. This is the confidence that many Muslims carry and develop wherever they are. But, even going a little further, Islam is a worldview. It is a vision, a vision of the world based on one concept. This is very simple. The oneness of God. Listen to this. According to Muslims, God is one. Allah is one. But what they deduce from that is religions are one. The whole of reality is one. And the goal of Islam is to unite, to bring humanity back to the state of oneness. Okay? This is fundamental. It's foundational. Okay? Now, when you ask... Uh, Okay, God is one, monotheism, and, and as I say earlier, it is a monadic monotheism, radical monotheism that doesn't accept any plurality within God itself. Now, again, you ought to understand why is it that Muslims have developed this understanding. Again, uh, in Mecca, remember, there are always problems that create religions, or religions try to solve problems. And the problems that were in Mecca was, were idolatry, polytheism, right? And I talked about social injustice, so that means unrighteousness. Right? So Islam basically tried to address this. Instead of polytheism, say, no, 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 one God. No idol, because God cannot be in the material things. Instead of social injustice, righteousness, solidarity. So they are definitely positive aspects, you know, that you find within Islam. However, this has been used to completely oppose them to Christianity. Now, this is where I will share with you now uh, just a brief reminder of what I shared earlier. What is Christianity? Christianity, as I mentioned earlier, is a new covenant. But what does it mean, a new covenant? New covenant of direct access to God. In other words, no more mediations needed. No holy place needed. No holy object needed. No holy personnel needed. 
No holy language needed. No holy culture needed. All those things abolished, so therefore now direct access to God. But Islam came and said, no, no, no. Holy place reinstated Mecca. Holy object reinstated sacrifices, the sacrifice of Abraham, the commemoration. Holy language needed Arabic. Right? So you can see this is the complete opposite of the faith, the new covenant that Jesus came to bring. This covenant is direct access now, freedom for all to approach God with boldness even. But not so for Islam. Actually, depending on the kind of Islam, if you go to, for, uh, for example, to Shia Islam, then you have Ayatollah, then you have Imams, functioning also as mediators. Whereas in the Christian faith, no needed for mediators anymore. Why? Again, a different trajectory, a different path, this time, direct access to God. And that is why, by the way, in the Christian faith, not, God is not called Father because He has children. No. Eh? But He's called Father because people can have access to him now as the same family, different. Yeah? Yes? If I may, you are giving a very good uh, historical background of Islam. Mm -hmm. What is it trying to define exactly what is Islam, what is Muslim? Mm -hmm. Well, Islam, the word Islam is actually uh, um, is an infinitive form. In Arabic, they call it masdar. It means that it is a, the act of surrendering oneself to God. Muslim, hmm? yes. Muslim is, is, is the participle of the one who has surrendered to God. Therefore, we, we share some ground with Muslims. Okay? Sure. Muslims, sure. you actually surrender yourself to God. Sure. Mm -hmm. You now follow God. Mm -hmm. We as Christians, mm -hmm. we actually follow Christ. True. Correct. Now, they believe mm -hmm. that good things is going to erase mm -hmm. bad things. Mm -hmm. Am I correct? Well, continue. I want to understand what, you know, what you're saying well, first. Because, you see, when you approach a Muslim, mm -hmm. you have to know how to approach him. Correct. So the first step to approach him mm -hmm. is that we share a common ground. Sure. Okay. We follow God. Mm -hmm. He surrendered himself mm -hmm. because he said Muslim. Mm -hmm. Sure. Is an Arab. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because I come from Arabic region. Sure. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the way you approach is not basically you need to criticize them. Mm -hmm. You need to find a common ground. Absolutely. And interest sure. to approach. The yeah. Neighbor. No question. Absolutely true. So this is what I'm saying. Sure. Because basically, mm -hmm. all the history, mm -hmm. most of them are not interested in the history. They know the history more than we do. Mm -hmm. But you need to find a common mm -hmm. ground. Yeah, yeah. Well, this will be the second part. The first is to try to understand. And then we will, uh, we will uh, come to uh, now how to concretely relate. So this is why I started with um, uh, the article I've written online. I don't know if you were here you know, when I mentioned that, to, uh, to relate to Muslim Christ's way. But 
to do it intelligently, it's important to understand that these two religions are on two different trajectories. But of course, uh, the, the, if I say two, two trajectories, I'm not talking about the basic need for God, the, you know, um, and actually, let me just uh, finish this part, and then I will come back to the, to the practical aspect. You know, this is the second. You know, I wanted to spend, uh, you know, uh, the first part first on the, uh, on the, um, on the. If you don't mind, I just want to add. Uh huh. Most of the Quran is actually many topics from the Bible. Yes, but but. Uh, well, I, uh, I okay. Bear, 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 bear with me just a little bit. I'm telling you because I come from an Islamic country. Okay, I come from the Middle East. Yes. And actually, if you want to study the true mm -hmm. Islamic tradition, you have to live in the region. Mm. Okay. okay. You live among the people. Mm -hmm. you get to mingle with mm -hmm. people. Yeah. Them. All right. So Bear with me a little bit, and then we will come back. You know, I have a lot to say about what you, what you just say, but bear, bear, bear with me just a second, and I will take up what you have just said. Is it possible to understand Islam even if you don't live in the Middle East? We will come back to that. But for now, okay, just think about this. What is it that you find? Again, I want to, the first part to understand the differences, and then we'll talk about how to approach, okay? So, what is unique to, to the Christian faith and what you do not find in Islam is the following. You have no biblical prophecy in Islam in the same way that you find in the Bible, even though you, you know, like uh, prophecies of Daniel and the book of Revelation, even though Islam mentioned the second coming and so forth, but we'll come back to that. So, uh, the, the, the biblical me messianic prophecies related to Jesus is not the emphasis there. Also, the covenant God, Yahweh, is not accounted for. You know, remember, when, uh, Moise, when, when Moses came to God uh, and, and asked him, you know, like, they will tell me, they would ask me, who sent me? So, so God introduced himself as I am, Yahweh, Jehovah. And God told Moses, I did not reveal myself, you know, as Jehovah, but as El Shaddai to Abraham. Interesting. So it means that God reveals himself with different names to different prophets. But in this case, he revealed himself as the God of the covenant, Yahweh. Also, in Islam... There is no room for divine in incarnation. I mean, again, and for reasons that uh, we have. Uh, you don't find the depth, again, of the teachings of, and, um, that Jesus brought. No. This is why in, in my first uh, seminar, I was mentioning to you the, re the revelation of God. Of course, people believe in God. But people picture God differently. And we ought to also be, uh, I mean, understand what that means. Uh, some would talk about God as the almighty God and so forth and so on. But only in the Bible you find this revelation clearly expressed in John 1, uh, 4, 8, that God is love. And in Greek, 
Theos Agape Estin. There's no question about this, that this revelation is the climax of the biblical revelation of God. Also, you ought to understand, ultimately, no cross, no resurrection. You know, you don't find this clearly expressed as part of the itinerary and the trajectory of, uh, of Islam. And no defeat of death as far as Jesus is concerned, clearly, since he did not die, and this is the majority Muslim uh, inter uh, interpretation. No new covenant, no heavenly sanctuary, no heavenly high priestly ministry of Christ, therefore. So, again, the major revelation of the biblical Christian faith, that is direct access to God, is not the focus on uh, Islam. A God revealing himself in search of human beings to save them, that is not the that is not really what you find in, in Islam. And again, as I mentioned earlier, there is a, Islam is an ideology of abrogation of the Christian faith, actually stripping the Christian faith of its foundational pillars and unique contributions. This is why I was telling you earlier, you have a reversal. Instead of sacred places that Jesus ab abolished, you have now the centralization of Mecca, you know, as worship center and so forth. So then you have, and I mentioned also this briefly, the reinstatement of sacrifices, you know, uh, and no wonder the cross of Calvary is not at the heart of the Muslim presentation. So basically, actually the majority of Muslims believe Jesus did not die on the cross. So... Again, when you look at Islam, the regular rituals of, of purifications before prayer, uh, you know, is basically taken rather than baptism and the washing that Christ has instituted. Again, Arabic is seen as now the sacred language. Jesus abolished the notion of sacred language. It didn't exist any anymore after Pentecost. Every person heard God's wonders in his or her own mother tongue. So the concept of holy language, completely irrelevant. And again, uh, this is interesting. Most of Africa, for example, Islam, is Sufi Islam there. There you have Sufi masters who are mediators and who replace basically the unique nature and mediatorial ministry of Jesus Christ. So again, um, the second coming is also mentioned in uh, Islam. I've written about this and uh, had uh, long discussions with Muslim sheikh even on this very topic. I myself went to Al-Azhar University and uh, spoke there with, uh, with the president and went many places in the world engaging these people on this very issue, but the understanding of the second coming, as you find in the Bible, that's not how it is understood in the Muslim community. And also, the climax of the biblical revelation, the vision of God uh, in fellowship and friendship throughout et eternity, this is not what you find in, in Islam. So, I wanted in the first part to show that these are two different paths, 
two different religions. And as I started telling you, Islam is not monolithic, it is a mosaic. Right? There's no such thing as one Islam, depending on where you go, on the school of law, of Sharia, and so forth. It is different. However, I am among those who believe that you can believe differently, but still have common values. And this is the basis of my work, actually, around the world. I meet people of all faith, all religions, including Muslims, and uh, why? And looking for common ground and values that we have in common. And there, certainly, there are many uh, values that people can share and that we can share with Muslims. But when we talk about sharing with Muslims, I think the best way to testify is to use the Jesus way. And there are conditions to that. First of all, in order to represent Jesus Christ towards Muslims, one has to have the mind of Christ. Now, think about this very, very, very carefully. Mission, testifying, is not just to come with truth and differences and throw it on the person. You see, you are in the wrong religion and so forth and so on. That's not the way to do it. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, first of all. What are we talking about? Think about it. This should be something in permanence in the Christian. What is that? It begins with the first that I mentioned earlier. What is it? Love. Joy. Peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, right? Self-control. Now, think about this, friends. These are the ABCs of witnessing. Anyway, Jesus had the Holy Spirit constantly with him as we relate to other people. So when we meet a Muslim, what is the first thing? The foundation of, a, of Christianity, that is love. And this was, by the way, the content of my first presentation earlier. That is, this is what Jesus came to teach. People thought you shall love your neighbor. Yes, I mean, but Jesus goes even further. Even those people who consider themselves your enemies. Love your enemies. You have heard it was said, but I tell you, Jesus says. So clearly, the new covenant, again, it's about love of God in our heart for all human beings, irris irrespective or regardless of their beliefs. Now, this is not a naive, syncretistic acceptance. Oh, you know, uh, everything is truth. No, it's not. Actually, all world religions, they believe they have the truth. You, you see, Hinduism, they don't call themselves Hindu, and that is part of my next presentation. They don't call themselves Hindus. They call Sanatana Dharma, the everlasting religion. They have the right to claim that. By the way, the other part of our de department is religious freedom, right? 
Meaning people have the right to make religious claims. Yeah? I mean, with all due respect, my friend, brother here, can say, oh, you can only understand if you live in the Middle East. He has the right to say that, even though I disagree with that. I profoundly disagree with that. Someone can live, because ultimately the understanding is from God, and you can be anywhere, and God, you know, reveal to you something that people... Now, if you say it can be an asset to understand the mindset, the mentality, the I say, oh, certainly. But that does not logically makes a necessity to live in the Middle East to understand. Now, we can be anywhere in the world and understand people from everywhere. I, uh, you know, I have spent years studying Buddhism and so for so on, right? Uh, I have not lived. And again, depending, because Buddhism, again, you have uh, uh, Buddhism in Sri Lanka, you have Buddhism in uh, uh, Thailand, you have Buddhism, I mean, in Japan, etc., 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 and each time is different. So in other words, well, I humbly say, in regard to Muslims, I have studied, I grew up, understanding, reciting even the Quran. And I have studied ancient Near Eastern languages. I actually even studied in Paris a comparative degree in ancient Near Eastern languages and civilizations. Spent years, but that doesn't put me in an arrogant position to say, oh, okay, you can only actually... The person who led me to Christ didn't know anything about Islam. Right? One day he came and told me, the day you will know Christ, you will be free. And that was enough for me to start searching. And, you know, the, then the Holy Spirit took over and then impressed me. And then I focused. I spent the last 34 years of my life studying every day the Bible and, you know, this world religion and so forth and how to share. But again, foundation, think about this. Before we can witness, we ought to have the spirit, the mind of Christ. Of course, this same spirit gives us gifts to be able to speak to people before even you can talk to a Muslim. God is actually working in the heart of the person. It's not our human ability that gives us license to say, okay, we are the one now who we can, oh, this is my method. Those are insecurities. To, you know, there's something about Adventism one of the Reformation principles is to God, the, the fifth Reformation principle is to God be all the glory. Actually, the first principle is scripture alone, in Latin, sola scriptura, grace alone, sola gratia, faith alone, sola fidei, Christ alone, solis Christus, and then finally, soli deo gloria, to God be all the glory. So this principle then, as, as far as mission is concerned, to Muslim or to anyone else, it should be clear that it is God's spirit that does the work in us, through us, and already preparing the person. But of course, we have to, have, we have to be educated people, sensitive people, not trampling down anyone, because Muslims are created in the image of God. They are valuable in the sight of God. Jesus loves every one of them. And it's because we resonate with the heart of Jesus that we reach out to say, well, you know, God wants the best and God gave you the best in Christ Jesus. But how we do it, of course, we ought to be culturally sensitive.
In other words, not to, not to offend people, not to label or put them in boxes. Human beings are mysteries. Think about it. Every one of you is a mystery. Sometimes people get married, and after, after a certain time, oh yeah, my wife I know. No, you don't. Because we are mysteries. Let's face it. I'm serious. When we put people in boxes like that, and whoever they are, Muslims, we can learn from anyone. But it starts with human dignity and the decency of respecting people. Then, you know, how did Christ do it? I have no revelation secret about something else than what Christ came to do. How did he do it? He came, he mingled with people as one who desired their good. He attended to their needs, he won their confidence, and he asked them to follow him. Simple. But it starts with the first thing, mingle. But when you mingle, how does it happen? You mingle by respecting people. If you mingle with your superiority complex, oh, you know, I, I, uh, uh, that's, that cancels your mission work. You mingle because you respect people. Now, it doesn't mean that you agree. You, again, you believe differently. This is why I started deliberately, you know, saying it's different. Islam is different. And I'm telling you, I can say that. I know sometimes I, uh, I hear even some Adventists, oh yeah, it is all the same. No, it's not. There are beautiful things in the Quran, yes. And I recite them, I know them, yes. I understand the Arabic, yes. Every word of it. But that doesn't mean that it's the same as Christianity. Even atheists have morality. They are good people. Agnostics, you find good people among them. Heathen, tribalist, religion, whatever. Indigenous, good people. But that's not enough. Because I've started with the premise, I can find the best, the best, person, of, uh, the best person in the world. That person's heart is still wicked, according to the Bible. It doesn't mean that the person doesn't show kindness, or, you know, every once in a while, especially to, <laughs> you know, okay, I like people who are like me, I like people who are close to me, and then, you know, the farther the circle goes, the least I will like people. You know what I'm saying? Human selfishness. That's the natural state of the heart. Tribalist, you know, divisions, my clan, my tribe, that's why people fight. That's why you find all the wars in this world. Yes. I have something to add. Shh, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
You know, uh, I can hear what you say, and definitely, uh, in terms of common ground, you know, as we look for common ground, I think that is, uh, even though Muslims will not accept the idea that uh, Muhammad may be influenced by, you know, external sources, even, you know, uh, uh, like Christians, because of the belief in the inim inimitability of the Quran, Muslims believe that the Quran was directly, actually, they believe even that Muhammad was illiterate himself. So therefore, the, the whole revelation, they believe, comes from God. So usually, I personally don't use the line of reasoning to say that he was influenced because that is... I understand. I, I, I hear what you say, and you know, historically this can be defended. But as far as mission is concerned, towards Muslim, that's not the argument I put first. You see what I'm saying? Even though that is what I said earlier, that the Meccan phase of the life of Muhammad, he was in the minority, he suffered, he was persecuted, he married, he, 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 you know, he was married to one wife, Khadija, and during that whole time, the message was more of a social justice, that there will be judgment, accountability. So actually, we have a lot, of, a lot in common as Adventists at that stage. But as you say, once in 622, absolutely, he migrated to, by the way, let me just tell you as an inside, you know why I put the 722 was the, um, the, um, the Assyrian conquest of Samaria, was 722, so as I was, okay, anyway. Now, <laughs> so 622, Mecca to Medina. Interestingly, uh, so I don't use uh, that, yes, when he migrated in 622 to, to Medina, then another phase that is unacceptable to us began. The wars, because that's why I say he was a military general, a state person, Etc. Etc. And this is where even you find you know the decimation of the Jewish tribe within Medina. I mean, etc. 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 But we are trying to find ways to share the hope that is within us. And I think this, for that, we use tools that um, we can find as common ground because Muslims have values that we ought to uh, uh, see as possible bridges in order for us to say, well, see, the reason why we do not go to mediators is because Jesus is our sufficiency. The reason why we don't go to places, it's because we don't need any mediations anymore. Neither places, no objects, no personnel, no languages. So in other words, we are sharing the liberation that Christ brought to us. Yeah? We, could, we could focus on oh, judgment and judgment. They talk about judgment. Second coming, second coming. What is quite, but all those things do not bring to the heart of the new covenant. The problem is you have many Christians who, 
who, and even Adventists who share the gospel as if it is the gospel of anger. We invite people to life. The three angels' messages are a message of life. Yes, in the context of judgment. But why in the context of judgment? Well, because God is going to restore justice. That is part of the everlasting good news. If Babylon is fallen, why is Babylon fallen? Well, in the Old Testament, if Babylon is fallen, it is so that God's people can go home. So it is part of the good news in that sense. So what we are trying to find, and I think this is extremely important as you mingle with Muslims, wherever you are, first, the fruit of the Holy Spirit will lead you to respect them. And even further, to love them. And also, you know you need God's supernatural guidance to put his words in your mouth on what to share. It's very easy for people to, you know, in the DVD, and there are many other things existing on the market, where I explain, you know, Islam, what they try to solve, and so on Muslims' own terms. Actually, whenever I present Islam anywhere, Muslims themselves come to me and say, that was a faithful rendering of my faith, something like that. That, is show, that shows respect, in other words. But without hiding that there are deep differences. But at the end of the day, we ought to share the hope that is, with, that is within us. How to do it? As I mentioned, we respect Muslims. We share uh, our, you know, uh, that... All that we do, we do because of the sufficiency we find. And then we can even share, you know what? Christ gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. Because the word Islam itself is, con is connected to peace. Don't forget, God has put in every heart the thought of eternity. So therefore, it is every human being in, its in his or her natural state is striving after something, after that peace. And Christ gives it. You know, the person who shared the gospel with me just very simply told me the day I will know Christ, I will be free and I'll have peace. He did not argue. And actually, I remember my first reaction was, oh, uh, Christ, I know. You know, he's a great prophet and start blah, blah, blah. Showing solidarity, tribal solidarity, something like that. But he didn't say anything. He left me. He could engage me theologically and, you know, start debate. He didn't do that. So in other words, it's not about being expert in this or that, but it's about having the fruit of the Holy Spirit, sharing the hope that is within you, but doing it in a way that is respectful to Muslims. You know, uh, remember, most people, <laughs> most people are, are ethnocentric. That's why our world is in trouble. You go to every part of the world, they think they are the best people of the world. Yeah, comparison, but this is weakness. When I, when I meet someone, oh, I am from, let me take any, any country. Where are you from? What, what's your background? Ethiopia. Oh, okay, you're from Ethiopia. So you go to, the, to uh, Ethiopia, some, uh, some, uh, um, some uh, Amhara will, will tell you they are the best the Tigrinian will say, oh, no, no, the Oromo, no, 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 we are the, et cetera, et cetera. That's why that country, like any other country in the world, is in mess, in a mess, in a messy state. Because people fight. They think, you know, com competition everywhere. By the way, it's not just Ethiopia. 
every country in the world you go to. And then you have, oh, the Middle East is better, the other one, oh, no, 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 America is better, the other one, oh, no, South America now. These are weaknesses of the mind. We are one people, one race, one human race, one family. And by the way, that's the new covenant. That's why we call God our Father. How can I call God uh, our Father and then, well, but not, mm, I'm not like this one. It doesn't, you, you see what I'm saying? That is why Christianity is not credible. When I became Christian, it meant for me that every person I meet on planet Earth is my brother and my sister. Even if that person doesn't believe so, that's not my problem. It's about what I believe in me. You know, I was joking earlier by saying I'm not a threat to anyone, but really that's the kind of lifestyle I have embraced. I don't want to be a threat to anyone. I don't want to fight anyone. I, I want to be like Jesus, a man of peace. Yeah? If not, my Christianity is a, is, is a joke. And probably this is why you young people, I plead with you, you know, embrace the truth of Christianity. And share it genuinely. Remember, the world is divided along national, tribal, ethnic, and you name it. And people fight. That's why there's so much destruction. Everywhere you go. But the world is waiting. How in the world could Christ, even in the cross, say, Father, forgive them? For they know not what they do. His enemies? Because he was modeling the kind of Christianity, the kind of kingdom of God life. So with Muslims, they want to see that. Do you know Muslims are killing one another on a daily basis? This is the ethnic group that is the, where people are dying most in the world today. Aleppo, just one example? No, 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 but more than that. Think about the 10-year war, Iran, Iraq, and you name it. And in the Middle East, to this very day, Iraq, Syria, and you name it. Because Christians are to now today say, we propose a different path of love, of, of, of acceptance, in spite of the hurt, in spite of the genocides, and you name it. How could people in Armenia look at the Turks today? If there is no Christianity to say we forgive regardless. Christians tend even to forgive when people who abuse them do not ask for forgiveness. Because that's God's mind. It's not natural in me. But that's how God... So, approach Muslims in a respectful way. Approach Muslims in a way as to show their dignity. Because maybe they will see Christ in you. And that could be appealing some ways. Yes. Sure, please. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell the story of the Bible. When you get to that point, remember what Christ did. Mingle, right? As one who desired their good. 
He attended to their needs genuinely. He won their confidence. When you get to the point of trust, when a Muslim trusts you and you have won his her confidence, then you tell the story. You are just a witness. And you let the Holy Spirit work in the heart. But simply, it's not complicated. Tell the story of the sanctuary. By the way, you know, when this person, because I was living in France back then, and I was at the conservatory, I was doing a degree in flute performance, and my flute teacher one day just looked at me the day you know Christ will be free and so on. And then I reacted, you know, so the, and then two weeks later I came to him, okay, how would I, and he introduced me to a pastor. Guess what? The first Bible study that the pastor gave me, what was it? The sanctuary. It was so simply said, in one lesson I start, wow, God has a plan for me. You know, he say, you know, the sanctuary is like an invitation to life. He's a door. Christ is a door. He's the one calling you. And he says, remember, simple story. Come, all of you who are heavy laden, and come to me. I'll give you what? Rest. And he said, and then he provided everything I needed, the sacrifice, the altar, the washing. He told me, God, remember, Muslim mind, washing before prayer. He said the washing, right? He, once and for all, baptism. And then you enter the sanctuary, right what you have there. Okay, left, you need the Holy Spirit, first of all. The enlightenment of the Holy Spirit. That was the lampstand, you know, the candelabra, lampstand. You look at the right side, what do you find there? The table, the bread, the word of God. And then the altar of incense, prayer. And then the most holy place, he talks about God's commandments, the Ten Commandments in the Ark of the Covenant. In one lesson, one lesson, I picture, wow, this is now what God... So you tell the story, simply. This doesn't take degree in theology or whatever. It takes you to tell the story of the Bible simply to a Muslim. You know, without complicating things. And God can touch the heart and transform people in that sense. I guess I have to let you go. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, one last one. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Now, just to be respectful to every other, because I know they have to go to other seminars, uh, I can answer that question. Uh, it's, it's, it's delicate, because it can be used, because Christians are called the people of the book, and we use it to say, okay, see... We, we are Adventists, the people of the book, etc. It's possible in certain contexts, and that can be helpful. But at the same time, what Muslims understand as a book is not the same concept of inspiration that we have as Seventh-day Adventists. So we just need to be aware. Again, being intelligently aware of what is going on, but at the same time, engaging heart-to-heart with Muslims. Now, you know, the, the next presentation here will be on Hinduism.
Buddhism, Confucianism, and Taoism, Asian religions, uh, this afternoon at 2.45. But thank you very much, and um, all the best. Blessings. This message was presented at the GYC 2016 conference, when all has been heard, in Houston, Texas. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.